This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, today I want to talk to you about keys to your miracle. Keys to your miracle. How many people uh, ever thought that they might need a miracle from God? Amen? Amen. I know that sometimes we, the world looks at different things as being miracle or miraculous. We, we look at a sunset and we say, that's a miracle. And we look at different things. But, but a miracle uh, really is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in the human affairs, the healing miracles described in the Gospels. And I took that out of the dictionary. Amen? So, th- so even the, the world realized that Jesus walked in miracles. And so I'm going to say this, that God is a miracle God. Do you believe that today? And God can still work miracles today. you got to believe that today. And God is not the God of I was. He's, he's not the God of I will be. He's the God of I am. He's the all-sufficient one. And, you know, it's amazing to me when you read in the Bible you'll find that a lot of the people in the Bible, a lot of the patriarchs, the the people of old, and even in the New Testament, we see that God was always doing miracles. He was was doing miracles for the people. And I'm going to say this today. If you need a miracle, God can do a miracle for you. Do you believe that today? In Psalm 77, 14, glory to God, it says, You are the God who performs miracles... You display your power among the peoples. Amen. I love that. So God is a God that performed miracles. He displays his power among the peoples. Amen. Job 5, 9 says it this way. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Hallelujah. I love that. Jeremiah 20, 32, 27 says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind, is anything... Too hard for me. Amen. Is anything really, if you think about it, is anything too hard for God? I'm going to say that again. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing is too hard for God. And God, because God created everything, and God, and I'm going to say this, God knows your victory before you got your present report. God is not caught up by surprise If you're dealing with anything in your life, God is not surprised by it. I'm going to say that again. God's not surprised. And 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 but but I'm going to say this that 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 as long as we respond in faith, God's going to see us through anything that the enemy will try to put on us. Uh, The number one key in receiving a miracle is you have to recognize that you need you need a miracle. Some people don't recognize that they need a miracle. Some people don't recognize that they need healing. There was a man in the Old Testament uh, that was serving God. And, um, and he, he was, uh, you know, he was a king that served God. And he had a problem with his foot. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't think he needed a miracle. He died of that foot problem. He, he sought physicians. But, you know, he didn't sought God. And I'm going to say this, doctors have their place, amen, in what they do. Thank God for doctors, 
But there is a great physician that has greater power, greater ability to heal you even beyond what the doctors can do. Thank you for a witness this morning. And so we have to recognize that we don't want to discount the miracle working power of God. I remember that I prayed for somebody many years ago and they had this disease on their back. And uh, it, was, it was some kind of disease that the doctor said it would not go away. They were going to always have it. And that this disease would grow and get a little larger on their back. Well, I, at that time, I wasn't a minister. At, well, I was a, a Christian attending a church, a local church, um, and um, working in the world. And, um, and so um, I, I, at that time, I was dating a young lady. She had a skin disease. And I prayed for her, and the doctor said that that would never go away. When I prayed for her, she got healed. It all cleared up. She had staph infection. And so she dealt with that for years. And, uh, but uh, it cleared up, and God healed her. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? Then, then, then somebody at my work found out about it, and then this lady had a skin condition. She figured if... It's funny, when, you, when good reports start being uh, revealed... People hear these good reports, and they want, it, they want some of it, too. And so this lady came up to me that, that I worked with, and she needed a healing. And so I prayed with her, and, uh, and the Bible, and, and she actually went to the doctor a week later, and he said it, it wasn't growing, it was shrinking. So she got totally healed. So then she called me and said, Pastor, I have a friend of mine that, that has this condition, that's going into the hospital, and, uh, and it's a serious condition, and would you go to their house and pray for them like you prayed for me and you prayed for your girlfriend because, because, uh, because she believed that God could, could heal this person? And I said, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. I'd be glad to go. And, and so she asked her, I think it was her cousin, if I could come pray. And she said, no, she's just going to go the doctor's route. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? So what am I saying? Well, what I'm saying, my first key is that you have to, you have to, you, you have to come to a point in your life that you got to believe that God can intervene, and it's not just all on the doctor, amen. Yes, doctors are good, they have good things that they can do, but, but, but God can do even greater things. And so we got to believe that, so we don't want to lose sight of our need for a miracle. And so this young lady refused my prayer. I don't know why she would. Amen. It doesn't make sense to me. But people will refuse prayer. Amen. Because they put their faith. See, you got to be very careful where you put your faith at. So your faith can't be in your medicine. I'm preaching to somebody today. Your faith, your faith can't be just in the doctor. Amen. In other words, the Bible says, you know, have faith in your doctor. No, have faith in God. you got to have faith in God. Amen. And, and doctors, they're, they're fallible and, and, they, uh, and they have problems and, and, they, and they don't do it all right and they don't prescribe everything right. But I'm going to say this, that Dr. Jesus prescribes everything right. Amen. So let's look at John 5, 1 and 9. And it says this, After this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, 
a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, in Aramaic, the house of mercy, having five porches. In these laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. Now I want to stop here to say this, that the devil's working on this planet. And he's working on trying to get people sick. So the enemy is behind sickness. So these people were dealing with, with uh, being blind, lame, and paralyzed. Waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then, then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well and whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Can somebody say 38 years? That's a long time. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he was already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? That is a good question to ask some people. Because some people are, are just, you know, they, they manage their symptoms. And as long as they can manage it in the natural, they're okay with it. And I'm going to say this, you got to get to the point where you're done managing your sickness and you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You got to get to a point in your life that you're not going to deal with that weakness, that you're not going to deal with those symptoms, that you're not going to deal with those things that are attacking your body. So, so really the question for us today is, do you want to be made well or are you just okay with it? I know some people say, well, God doesn't want to bother with my little problem. Some people may say that, well, God has bigger things. He's running the universe. My little problem is not that big a deal to God. No, everything is a big deal. If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. Think about this, that, that even, uh, even God said that he, he cares for us. And, and in that passage in Matthew, he says he takes care of the birds. And if he takes care of the birds, which the birds, you know... How much more will he take care of us? That's talking about God, how much God cares for us. Amen? God can take care of birds. He, he much even loves us even more. Well, we know that he loves us more than birds because Jesus didn't die for birds. He didn't die for, 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 the, for the animal population. No, he died for us. Jesus became just like us. Amen? And so he says here, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but why I am coming another steps down before me. Now I'm going to say this, that there was an angel that would stir up the water, like I just read, and somebody would step in to that water and they would get healed of their infirmity. And see, this man was, was focused on, you know, getting his healing one way. He was focusing on one way. See, see, God can heal you many different ways. And you don't need to be focused on just one way to get healed. It's a multitude of ways that God can heal you. And so he was just focused on that. And so, and so we see this. And, 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 so he, and then he says here, uh, The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. So he was focusing on man for his healing. Again, we can't focus on man for our healing. we got to focus on God. I'm preaching to somebody today. He was saying, I have no man to help me. 
Well, you don't need a man. You need God. Men are good. Men can help. Glory to God. Thank God for people. And they can be with us in the fight of faith. But thank God that God is almighty. And he can do the impossible. And, and this is amazing to me is even in this man's, I would say, even because we, I always preach you got to have faith to be healed. Unless Jesus is operating in full throttle 100% faith, he can override your doubt and unbelief. Amen. Amen. This man was so focused on the water and the pulling and, and, and that he couldn't get into the water. And Jesus just gave him a word. I'm going to say this to you today. Jesus can give you a rhema word. Jesus can give you a word in due season that can radically, I'm preaching to somebody today, that can radically change your life. That's why you're in church today. You're waiting, you're listening uh, for a word that can change the way you think. You need that word. You need a rhema word, a word spoken in due season. And I'm telling you, when I'm ministering up here, it's, just, it's not just me ministering, but I'm ministering under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when I speak words, it's like John 6, 63. I speak life into your lives, and you're receiving life and health as you sit here this morning. Do you believe that today? Amen. And so here, you're, you're getting life today. Jesus promised us life and life more abundantly. And I'm telling you, you may not be living in that abundant life, you know, fully, full throttle right now, but just wait. Get ready. As one famous preacher says, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I can't sweat like him. Glory to God. He's saying, get ready for the... For the double, get ready for the blessing, get ready for your healing, glory to God. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now this man was stuck for 38 years in his problem. And one word from God can change your life. And that one word of rise, take up your bed, and walk changed his life. The words of Jesus. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and, and walked, and the day was a Sabbath. Now, we always know this, and when you study out the healing miracles of Jesus, you'll find out that he, he did it mostly on the Sabbath. And I'm going to say this, he did it, and, and it upset the Pharisees. And do you know the reason why he did it on the Sabbath? Was to tick off the Pharisees. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't because he was trying to get to the Pharisees and tick them off. He did it on the, and on the Sabbath, you know, the Sabbath, by law, you were not supposed to work. So they considered, if you, if you were taking up your mat and walking and doing stuff that looked like work, that you were breaking the Sabbath and you were breaking the law of God. But the reason why he would heal on the Sabbath, because the Sabbath is considered a day of rest. And if you're dealing with pain in your body, if you're dealing with an ailment in your body, that's not rest. And God wants you resting on the Sabbath. The Sabbath rest of God. Am I preaching to somebody today? Amen. Man, I'm preaching myself happy. I don't know about you, but 
I'm preaching myself after And then we see here that afterwards in verse 14, it says, And Jesus found him in the temple, talking about this guy, and he said to him, See that you have been made well, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. So that tells me something here. That tells me that, that not all sickness comes from sin. We're in a corrupt world system, and the devil will attack us if we're trying to walk our faith walk out. The devil will test our faith. But sometimes sin can be opened up. I mean, sometimes sickness can be opened up through sin. And here, apparently, that this guy's condition was brought on by sin because Jesus had sinned no more, lest something come upon you. And this is amazing to me, is that if his condition was brought about, about by sin, Jesus overlooked that sin that day that he asked him to rise and walk. I'm preaching to somebody today. Jesus didn't talk to him. Well, let me talk to you about your sin, and let's get your sin right. Let's make sure that you repent. No, Jesus didn't focus on the sin. No, he focused on the saving part of his power to save us and deliver us and set us free. So Jesus didn't focus on that, even though Jesus knew it was a sin that caused him to be in that predicament. I'm going to say this to you today. Maybe you did some things wrong. Maybe you opened some doors. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe you didn't listen to God. Amen. Sometimes we just don't listen. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but, but God's, the word of God says that mercy, God's mercy triumphs over judgment. So God's mercy is bigger than, than our stupidity. Okay, I'm preaching. God's mercy is bigger than our stupidity. Because it's dumb for, it's stupid for us not to listen to the Lord. If you're going to receive a miracle, the, the, the title of my sermon is uh, Keys to Your Miracle. Number two, you have to passionately desire for a miracle in spite of the obstacles. You're going to have to have a passionate desire for that miracle to take place in your life. You're going to have to be passionate about it. You've got to get serious. There was a lady that came to our church many years back. She had a herniated disc. She, she was out of work for over a year. She was on medication, pain medication. And if anybody ever dealt with back issues and pain in your back, you may know what I'm talking about. But she had a herniated disc and she had to go in. That week she was going in for surgery. I don't know if they were going to fuse her disc together or what exactly was the procedure that they were going to do to try to eliminate some of that pain and get her right. And she was in an apartment and she lost her job. She, and she heard about Exceed Life Church. At that time, it was, it was Abundant Harvest. And, and for some reason, she heard about our church. She knew that we were a faith church. And for some reason, she knew she needed to get to our church. I, I never asked her how she heard about our church, that we believed in miracles and we believed in faith. And so she, she, she said to her, she, she didn't have any means to get to my church. So she knocked on her neighbor's door and said, I got to get to this church tonight. Now, she was at the midnight hour of her faith. Anybody ever been at the midnight hour of your faith? That's the, that's the time where you, there's, there's no turning back. That's the time when, when the, 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 
the, you know, where it, it, where it hits the road. Amen. And so here she, she, she got her neighbor to take. She said, if you don't take me to this church, I'm going to walk to the church. And so her neighbor took her to our church, dropped her off. She came on crutches. And so she came on crutches in our church and she said, I just need a healing. I, I've been going through this for over a year and I, and I have a herniated disc. So, I, so we had a, a church service on a Sunday night. It wasn't a lot of people there, but it was enough believing believers. See, listen, I'm going to say this. If you're going to get healed, you need to get, you need to get some believing believers to believe with you. So I, I laid my hands on her and a couple other believing believers laid their hands on her and we believed for a miracle. And that night, the pain left her body. She felt in her body she was healed and she walked in crutches and she, and she threw the crutches down and she said she was healed. Amen. And the power of God went into her and did a miracle. She, matter of fact, she didn't go in for the operation that week. She said all the pain stopped. Uh, she, she actually, was, she actually uh, got on the radio, Christian radio, and started telling everybody that God did a miracle for her. She lost, she was a nurse, she lost her license because the pain kept her at home. We, as a church, helped her get her license back. Wow. Amen. And, uh, and, and, she, and she's healed today. Amen. What am I saying to you today? She pressed through. And if you're going to ever get anything from God, you better be a fighter. Oh, I'm preaching. If you're going to ever get anything from God, you got to be a fighter. You can't be a quitter. You can't be, you can't be like this one guy. Well, I, well, there's no man. Well, you, you better start depending on God. Amen. Amen. And so God has done miracles in the church through our church through the years. Different miracles has happened. I remember that uh, Michael and Telly, they, uh, they, their daughter uh, had a problem with her, her eye, and it was a major problem. And the doctor said, we need, a, we need to do radiation on her eye. And Michael read up on this and said that she could have long-term problems with that, uh, applying that you know, radiation is not really good for your body. And so uh, for the, her eye to be healed. And Michael and Telly said, no, we're going to take the, the, our daughter to the pastor. We're going to pray and we're going to believe for a miracle. Amen. And we prayed for her and God gave the miracle. Amen. Oh, wow. Amen. See, you have to make a decision. Either you're going to lean on man's wisdom or you're going to lean on God's power. You've got to make that decision. Nobody's going to be able to make that decision for you. And sometimes it's a do and die decision. Sometimes you got to say, come hell or high water, I'm standing on the word of God. And I'm not backing off of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No matter what the doctors might say. They may say, you, you got to do this. The doctors will always tell you, you got to do something. Amen. No, you just need to stand on the word of God. So we see here... That uh, in Mark 2, 1 through 12, it says, And again, he entered Capernaum in some days, and he heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no long room to receive them. Notice it says that he was in the house. 
That was Jesus' house, by the way. You know, some people say, oh, Jesus didn't have anything. Oh, Jesus lived for, before he became uh, a preaching powerhouse minister and, you know, doing everything. He lived up to 30 years of age. Where did he live up into 30 years of age? In a, in a tent? No, he lived in his own house. Amen? As it, as it says here, uh, so that there was, uh, it says, uh, let me just back it up. And again, he entered Capernaum, and some days it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near to the door. And he preached the word to them. Notice that there were people that were coming in to hear the word. I'm going to say this to you today. It was so crowded that nobody could get in. I'm going to prophesy to you today that that's going to happen here at Exceed Life Church. I'm prophesying to you today that you know, you're here because... You, you found out about Exceeds Light Church. You found out that the word is being preached. Glory to God. I'm not tuning my own horn, glory to God. It's only because of the glory and the grace of God. But I'm telling you, your family members are coming in. Your relatives are coming in. Your neighbors are coming in. And it's going to be filled in this place. Are you, do you believe that today? Amen. Just, just get somebody and bring them to church. And, and so he says here... Uh, Many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near to the door. And he preached the word to them, and they came to him bringing a paralytic, which was carried by four men, and then they could not come near him because of the crowd. They, uh, so, so there's four guys that carried their friend on a stretcher, apparently, and so, so they had to figure out something. It says they uncovered the roof, where he was. So then they had broken through. They let down on the bed. The paralytic that was lying. When Jesus saw that their, their faith. He said to the paralytic. Son your sins are forgiven you. Some of these scribes were sitting there. And reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies. Like this. Who can forgive sins but God alone. But immediately then Jesus perceived in the spirit. That they reasoned thus within themselves. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts, which is easy to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying we never saw anything like this. So, so we see here, there's some keys that we can pull out of this story. First of all, if you're dealing with any kind of affliction, get some, for, get some friends. Get some faith friends that can be a blessing and help you stand in the midst of your trial. Get some friends that have some faith that can stand with you. And these friends, they, they, were, they were amazing. They, they, they were uh, they were four crazy friends that was willing to break up the roof of Jesus. Think about this. They broke that roof up. They, 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 what they did was they did something that was out of the box. They, they lowered him down. And this is amazing to me is that Jesus, first thing he said was, Son, your sins are forgiven. I'm telling you, we got to get a revelation 
if we're going to walk in the miracle power of God, that if we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we're walking in the light as he is in the light, then, then, then the blood of Jesus is consistently washing and cleansing us from all unrighteousness, then that means if we're in right standing with God, God's not going to hold back any miracle. I'm preaching today. In other words, don't get so focused on some of your little mistakes that you make from day to day that God doesn't hear your prayers. No, he hears the prayers of a righteous man. The righteous prayers, the prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, as it says in James. And you are righteous if you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm preaching to somebody today. You have right standing with God. So, so, so I'm going to say this. If you get a revelation that you're right with God, then miracle healing power is at your beck and call. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so when he said to that man, your sins are forgiven, what he was saying to that man was that you're released of anything that's going to hinder you from receiving a blessing from God. And I'm going to say this to you today. If you're walking in the light, as he is in light, you're doing everything you know that's right in God's eyes. You're walking in, in God's love. Amen. Then, then, then your miracle is right there. It's a hand. It's, a, it's, 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 it's just a step away. Amen? Amen? And then what did he say? Just to prove that he had the power to forgive sins, he told him to rise and take, and take up his bed and walk. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. So what is he saying to us today? He's saying we need to rise out of our mediocrity. We need to rise out of our depression. We need a rise out of, out of uh, you know, condemnation because the enemy will try to beat us up about our past. And when the devil reminds you about your past, just remind him about his future. Amen. You've heard that before. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the devil, that's all he can do. He's going to bring up your past performance. But thank God, God doesn't judge me on my past performance. God judged me of, my, of the motive of my heart. And Jesus already paid the price on the cross for our past performance, our present performance, and our future performance. And it's not based on performance. Thank God for that. It's ba- our, our miracle is based on faith in God. Are you listening to me today? Now, number three, you must believe it's God's desire to do a miracle of healing and deliverance for you. You must believe that God's desire is to take care of you. You know, I have great, uh, well, I feel like I have great faith for other people. But, but, but then, you know, you could have great faith in praying for other people. But do you have faith for praying for yourself? Do you believe that, you, you know, it's e- almost easier to pray and when somebody comes to you and say, I've sinned, I, I missed the mark, and, you, and it's easy for you to say, well, God can forgive you, let me pray for you. But when you mess the mark, it, it, it's, it's kind of hard, it, sometimes it's difficult for us to say, okay, I, I, I believe that God can forgive me too. Amen. Amen. Because the devil's working on condemnation. 
So how do we know it's God's desire to heal and deliver people from sickness and disease? We know this by the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. The, the, the first sermon of Jesus was Luke 4, 16 and 19. It says, so he, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up at his custom was, and he went into the synagogue of the Sabbath day and stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found in the place where it was written, glory to God, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then, you know, in Isaiah, it talks about the next line, talks about the vengeance of our God. It talks about judgment. But, but, but Jesus didn't add that into what he preached. He didn't talk about the vengeance of our God. He talked about the grace of our, of our God. And so what is he saying? He's saying we know that, that God is in the miracle healing business because he's preaching healing to the brokenhearted. He's preaching liberty to the captives. He's preaching recovery to the sight to the blind. He's preaching liberty to those who are oppressed to proclaim. In other words, we are in the age of grace. You see, before Jesus came, it was the age of the law. It was the law age. It was, it was the Ten Commandments, not saying that we don't obey the Ten Commandments, but according to uh, the Old Testament and the Old Covenant, it was about obeying the law. It was the age of the law. It's not the age of Aquarius. Amen. I don't know if anybody ever remember listening to that song. Age of Aquarius. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, uh, no, it's the age of grace. Say it's the age of grace. Say surely God will and God is blessing me today. I'm under the grace and I'm not under the law. I'm under the grace. You're under the grace today. You're under God's grace today. Sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So you must have faith to receive the now miracle. Amen. And so Jesus is amazing. So let's look at, uh, do you have faith that God can do a miracle? Let's look at Matthew 9, 27 through 30. It says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came in, and Jesus said to him, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. So we see here that people were always seeking Jesus. Um, the key to this is we must believe that God's we must believe in God's power to do miracles. And Jesus put this on them. Jesus said to them, if you believe that I can do this work, it's according to your faith, let it be done unto you. So we have to believe. We have to mix faith with the word of God. 
And sometimes it's hard to believe when you're in that fight. Sometimes when you're in that fight of faith and the enemy's putting symptoms on your body and you're trying to believe, sometimes the enemy said, look at the symptom. Look at the symptom. No, look at the word. Look at the word. And sometimes it's a good fight of faith to stay focused on the word of God in spite of the circumstances. But God's bigger than the circumstances that we deal with from day to day. God is the almighty God. He's the omnipotent God. The all-powerful God. As, we, as I preached last week. So, so, number, so number five, we must have faith to receive a now miracle. In other words, your miracle is not tomorrow. Your miracle is today. How do we do this? How do we believe God for the promise for a miracle? We've got to put our faith in the now. In Hebrews 11, 1, 3, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so things which are seen were not made of things that are visible. So we see here, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So what was he saying to you today? Your hope is the vision of what you're believing God to do in your circumstance or situation. So faith is the vision of things uh, of uh, uh, faith. Now faith is a substance or the, the, the substance of things envisioned for. So you're envisioning glory to God, what God is going to do in your life. You visualize it. Don't focus on, maybe you're dealing with financial hardship. Don't focus on that you're going to be always broke. Don't focus on that. No, focus on that God's going to, he's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. And he's a man. He's the God that will bless you. Don't think that's going to get worse. Believe God is going to get better. Amen. So you must believe, and the hope is a central part of our faith, that devil's after your hope. That's why Jeremiah 29, 11 is a good hope scripture. It says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. Not for destruction, but to give you a hope and a future. So that you can have an expected end. And I, I, you're, you know what you're expected in, and you ready for this. You're expected in is to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Amen. Isaiah 55. Not to go out with grief. Not to go out with, with you know, no, it's your, your expected in is to go out with joy and to be led forth. I'm preaching to somebody today with peace. In other words, that's why I said, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, uh, sometimes people will leave uh, the church. Sometimes they will leave the church. And if they leave the church offended, they're not, they're not going out with joy. They're not being led forth with peace. And unfortunately, most people that leave church, they leave offended. Uh, don't get mad at them. Don't leave church offended. Now, God can lead you out of a church. Don't get me wrong. Get you into another church. That's great. But make sure you go out with joy. You're excited. 
and be led forth with peace. I've had people say, you know, my season's over. You know, I said, all right, praise the Lord. Amen. But I know, I know, and then they write a letter and they say, they give me all the reasons why they're leaving because they don't like my preaching or what I said. And I said, okay, now, now it's coming out. Now it's, it's the offense. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Glory to God. Don't let offense knock you out of the will and the plan of God in your life. Amen. So, so we see this, that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What am I talking about this morning? And I'm closing down. You must have a now, you must have now faith, miracle receiving faith today. So he's saying whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you have received them and you have them. Believe that you already have it. I already have what God has promised me. But, I, but, but you may say, well, where is it at? It's in the spiritual realm. And it's manifesting in the natural realm. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. And so God is so good. Amen. Number six, we must give a testimony of God's miracle healing and deliverance in our lives to others. We must be not telling people our problems, but telling people the promise. You get a bad report. Don't talk about the bad report. Talk about the promise of God's word. Whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. So what we must do is we must give testimony of God's miracle healing and deliverance in our lives to others. We must let them know that we're walking in health and healing no matter what it looks like. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It says in Luke 8, 38 and 39, Now the man from whom the demons have departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what the great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus has done. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is good. So, so, so we, have to, we have to get a revelation. I'm going to say this. You can't, don't be sleeping on God. Don't be falling asleep on God. Amen. Because everybody would know it. Don't be falling asleep on God. I'm going to get a squirt gun. You fall asleep, I'm going to start screwing you with a squirt gun in here. Amen. Glory to God. Stay awake. Don't be up playing video games at night and then come to church tired. Amen. So, so uh, here, Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So what is he saying here in Revelation 12, 11? He says, the way we overcome, listen to me today. This, this is a good point here. The way we overcome, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, what is your testimony? Is your testimony the doctor's report? Is your t- testimony the affliction that you're dealing with? Or is your testimony is, is, is by Jesus' stripes, you are healed, delivered, 
and set free. What's your testimony? Most time, our testimony is what we're going through. That's, that, unfortunately, that's not the testimony that gets the job done. No, the testimony that gets the job done is the Word of God spoken out of your mouth like a two-edged sword, like the Son of God. And you're going to have to get bold in your decrees as a child of God. And you can't let the devil get you scared. You can't let the devil back you up. You can't, don't let the devil get you speaking the circumstances. It doesn't matter what it looks like when the, when the, when the fact, when the, the facts, you know, when the vision of God's word gets big enough, the facts don't count. It might be a fact that you're dealing with something, but that's a temporary situation. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the blood of Jesus is working. Look at your name and say, the blood of Jesus is working. And my last point is that you must stand firm and resist any symptoms that may try to come back. Because God will heal you. And sometimes lying symptoms will try to come back and you can't just say, well, I thought I was healed. No, you are healed. You are the healed and the enemy's trying to make you sick. Amen. Keep speaking the promises of God's word. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And the devil, the symptoms will have to flee. Meditate on the word day and night until you see it come to pass in your life. Did you receive it this morning? We're going, to be receive, uh, we're going to receive tithes and offerings pretty soon. But, uh, but we're going to have a healing prayer line at the end of this um, uh, service. And if you're dealing with anything in your body, we want to pray for you. And those watching online, uh, we're believing that the word of God is going forth where you're watching. Father, I just thank you if there's people watching online that's dealing with sickness or pain. We declare the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ is going through, Father God, the internet, touching them, causing a healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. Perhaps you're watching and you know you need Jesus in your life. You need, you need uh, salvation. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Pray this prayer after me, meaning in your heart. Say, Dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 